Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast with your host, Team BHP. Hello, welcome to the bowhunterplanet.com podcast, powered by Vanguard Outdoors. And today it's myself, uh, Dave Thomas, along with Jamie Nopum and Brian Bauer. And we are still at hunt camp. <laughs> and still deerless. And still deerless, yeah. This night... Um, I have yet to see one in three sits. I saw a spike, and it was really intriguing. I got excited. I just kept thinking, I can't wait to smoke this thing. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hear the neighbor, the neighbor yeah, making the all kind of noise and screaming at his dog. And what do you say? It was horrible, man. <laughs> it was horrible. What do you say? I'm like, I'm like 150, 200 yards from his house, and uh, this guy just was out there almost the whole hunt, you know? Get in the car, Ralph. Is that what he said? He thinks nobody can hear him because he lives back there, but... Oh. <laughs> you should have yelled, Bauer. You should be like, shut your mouth. Of, let's go. No, there, was, there was plenty of times where I wanted to yell at him. I was thinking about it, but then I'm like, eh, this is the native. Now, you saw a lot of deer in this spot, though, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Told you. Don't give up, Bauer. Don't get discouraged. They came from all directions, but, but Ron, Nobody's seeing deer. Ron didn't see a deer. I saw lots of deer over there. See? I think it's a great looking spot. Anyway, let's talk about practice a little bit. I noticed today. Um, when you guys were shooting, it was just really exciting. And like, then you hit that dead center spot. And I think it just builds so much confidence that going into these hunts that if you would have saw a deer, it would have been done. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Pretty I mean, much. Yeah. I, do you I, feel better? I mean, that's my point. Like, you know, how did you feel after you shot and smoked them? Right you know, away? it's funny. I was trying to practice my long range shots and. It wasn't going terrible, but it wasn't going really how I wanted it to go. So then I moved back up to 20 and 30, and then I got myself back in tune and back in line. Then, uh, then I was able to go back and and make some 40, 50 yarders, you know. So yeah, I think you're right. Building that confidence and getting yourself locked in. That way you can practice on your how you hold the bow, how you're going to hold your your hand position, and all that kind of stuff. And I think when people see the, the longer shots, which not everybody takes the longer shots, but I think you kind of press a little bit more and you, you don't relax as much as you probably should, you know? Also, the crossbow, you did that too. So you did both and you got a little... Yeah, crossbows are amazing. I know, it's unbelievable. I, I just can't believe how, how accurate those things are. I mean, it's like scary accurate. I mean, boom. Every shot is just like, really? This is so easy. Like, pshh. Yeah, it is pretty nuts. 
I, mean, I think uh, I remember that one moment today that Nobum was shooting and he had like that forty yard and he just he just crushed it. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh snap! Dude, I think he shot it with a, a compound first and then he shot it with a crossbow right after, and they were both within within each other. You know, it was it was a pretty sweet. How did, how did that shot feel, Nobum? Good. It went back to the whisker biscuit today. Oh, Nobum, switching back to the whisk. Them. Back in the day, but I had an issue with one of my with my rest, so went out today to the, one of the shops and just got a cheap whisker biscuit because I know they do not fail. Yeah, ever. I think the whisker biscuits one of those products that um, back when I was I would always like work with different bow manufacturers and Struther was one of them. And one day they sent me a bow, and the next day they wanted me to go hunt on their land with them. So I set it up real quick by myself and I threw a whisker on it. Shot a deer the next day with it. It was just awesome. It was an incredible feeling to be able to do that so quick and fast yeah. without going to a bow shop or setting anything up. It does up. take a couple feet per second off. I had to adjust the sight a little bit. but Yeah, I think that's actually, you know, that's real important what you just mentioned is, you know, when you're out at deer camp, you know, you don't have an archery <clears> shop <throat> right at your right at your door right away, right? So you try to find products also that are going to help be able to get you back into the woods and be able to hunt, you know? Well, for sure. If, if I was somewhere hunting and, and I, you know, had a drop away, and I'm going to bring a whisker biscuit because you never know. It's a good idea. You know what I'm Keep saying? Keep one in your, uh, your, your bag. I never right. thought of that. And they're not, like you said, they're not overly expensive and it's mm-hmm. something that you can keep in your arsenal just in case so you can do a quick fix, you know? They're so yeah. easy to set up too. I, I think. I mean, they're so simple. I mean, we're not talking long-distance shooting with them no. here. I'm talking 20, 30-yard pop shots, you know. Yeah. That, so. I got it at 40, and that's... I never really take a shot over that. Yeah. Oh, man. That is exhausting. <laughs> you know what's funny is... Uh, it's hard at hunt camp. It's I different come, here. I come home from hunt camp, you know, and my wife, she's thinking I'm going to be all energetic and all rejuvenated and... <laughs> <laughs> it's work, man. We you don't know, sit down at all. You know, you're no. constantly in unless we're in the stand. You know, I mean, we yeah. just we actually it's funny. We got in, um, we got in. We came in. Jamie's dad was here. We were t- we took him for a ride on the eight, the UTV, and we were just hanging out. And we just finished dinner and watching uh, the other guys, which is mm-hmm. really funny. And literally, we watched half of it earlier. So really, we just watched about forty minutes of it now, and. Uh, it's it's like nine thirty, and I'm just like feeling really exhausted. I think that food's settling in, just sitting and not, you know, like stressed out, looking all around me all the time, every mm-hmm. two seconds for deer. Just really wears on you. Simple stuff, but uh, it was a funny day today. I thought putting this stuff out, um, baiting things like that. It's just kind of it, it's just fun, but I don't know. Comes funny at times when you find dumb things that like you joke about. Like I don't know, it's like guy stuff, I think, but too funny. I don't know. My point is, we shared a lot of laughs today, guys. Oh yeah, we had a really good time. <laughs> so I was trying to get to, but it was... fun building Candyland. Oh yeah, right. Candyland. <laughs> Can't talk about Candyland too much. Ryan will be yeah. so mad. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we're. This is uh, a little bit well it's on the deer subject, but. With deer coming in lately, does it seem to you that they're just more stealthier? Remember when we were younger, you could you'd hear them coming in a little bit more clear. I don't know what it is, man. Are my ears getting worse or what? But all of a sudden you'll be like looking and, and you don't see something. You turn your head, you look back, and there's a deer right there. You know. Yeah, I think the deer uh, are very stealthy. Their their hooves 
allow for them to really creep in and, and dig their they dig right to the dirt. I don't I don't really hear them very much, but I think if you I think when you once you see them, then your ears tune in to like right, right at them. And then you start that's, to hear them. That's the advantage if you can see when you they're coming in. You gotta they see, see them, you. right? That's the key to deer hunting. Yeah, especially if you're in a stand that's not as elevated or you're not as much cover. You gotta you gotta really be aware of your movement. You know, because I, was, I was thinking today, one of the best inventions ever for the bow hunter was the tree stand. Think about it. You're elevated. So like today, here's me sitting there. This doe comes in at five yards. A full mature doe who we all know is on her game. On her game. For sure. Like she she had no chance. I was, I was 20 feet up. I didn't make a single sound. I have scent control. I have everything I need to protect myself to, that, so they don't hear me or see me or smell me. And but that my point is I beat her because of that tree stand. If I was on the ground, I don't think that would have happened. I don't see that happening. A full mature doe, you know. She was huge too. I mean, big big deer. See, when we were growing up, we didn't even use tree stands. We actually go build blinds up in trees. That's all we used to hunt on. So platforms. We built platforms with it had walls and a roof. Wow. Yeah. More like a condo. Uh-huh. <laughs> apartment wow. that's pretty cool you know though the tree stand though I mean think about how much more in tune you are to everything that's around you you're you're in a, like a ground blind that's covered or you're in a like an elevated blind like you just described Jamie you're not your hearing is, is limited limited and, yeah. and you're part Vision's of what's limited. going on you know what I mean is, is part you're open of you're in stand. you're in mother nature in a right. tree stand like you're depending on the kind you're using but in a ladder stand or hang on you're all around you is open so you can see which is awesome yeah, you know it's, I, cra- it's crazy like today 20 squirrels running around me chipmunks chipmunks I mean it's not like deer coming it's in. ridiculous yeah there's birds stopping like right in front of my face, like looking at my eyes. I'm like, what is going on right now? Why don't you I bring your dear today. friends along for the party? I heard something weird today, and it was like a, it was like a two animals fighting, but it, it sounded like coyotes, but it wasn't coyotes. I think it was like raccoons or something. I don't know, man. It was like rah, rah. It was right, crazy. It was right behind me. I'm like, what the heck was that? Hey, I was, I was going to tell you guys, I have a little uh, funny story. Um, you guys remember having uh, Chris Cobbett on the other day? Mm-hmm. Dead ringer? Broadheads? So one of the things I want to ask Chris about was the term dead ringer. And I learned about it in the dictionary before he was on. I forgot to ask him about it because it's absolutely hilarious. But do you guys know what the term dead ringer is? Or where it comes from? No, I don't. Horseshoes? No. <laughs> so de- oh, that's a good guess. So dead ringer, actually, the, the term dead ringer goes back to um, like the Wild West days. And what it is, is when somebody was killed, they put them in a coffin and they took a string and tied it to a bell at the top of a tree. And if they were alive in there, because once they shut it, if they end up coming back to life because they didn't have like they have today, they'd pull the string and the bell would ring. And they would know that the guy is alive in the coffin. Wow. Yeah. That's the term dead ringer. Huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's really So, like, because they don't know a lot, they didn't understand, like, how, you know, tell if they're knocked out or if they're, you know, going to wake up. They, they didn't know. So, that was part of their 
if they put someone in a coffin, they put the string in there, and then they they oh. tied around their finger, and then they would close it, and then if they came back, you'd hear a ringing on a tree. Can you imagine? It's nuts. I just want to see if Chris knew that. Chris, you didn't know that, did you? I know you didn't know that. Dead ringer. Hey, ladies. If you want to share your story on the Bow Hunter Planet podcast for the Women Who Hunt series, drop us a line. Sharing your story with others helps to inspire and build the outdoor heritage for younger generations. The most important thing we can do to help conserve this great heritage is to get the youth involved to build the future. Thanks for listening to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast. Check out our ambassador program and join the hunt at bowhunterplanet.com. Now back to the show. Uh, a lot of bow reviews coming up. Um, that stuff will start soon. We have uh, all the new bows coming in in the next couple weeks. Um, and we're working on like a broadhead testing segment. I, we haven't done that in a while, so I thought it'd be cool to like do that. So I'm reaching out right now, trying to get all the heads together from the companies. Takes a little time. And then I got to figure out if we're going to do crosswing compound or what. But um, it'll be fun. I like doing it. It's a little tricky sometimes but i think we should find a company that will buy us a bunch of ballistic gel the ballistic that'd be great the ballistic gel was always expensive and also hard to make because i actually made my own one time to do a test but it did not work out very well at all so i don't necessarily need the gel but i I could come up with other ways to test some some of those things i do like the gel that it shows the path and how it cuts like a big I don't like it for depth, but I do like it for the path. And it's nice if you put like a stick in it and you could hit the stick, see what happens to the broadheads it goes through. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're pretending it's like a bone. That's actually a good thing to keep some deer bones around. You know, you from get dead a cow deer. bone from the butcher. You could keep those and cut them and put them in set gel. The shoulder right up by the gel. It's a good see idea. if it goes through. Or see if you can get the shoulder in the gel. So once it goes in, it hits it like inside and see how it reflects or whatever. See where it goes. Yeah, ballistic gels. What, what I mean for broadheads, you guys think? Um, do you think mechanicals? Well, I guess what angle do you think the mechanicals will be able to go through on an angle of a piece of wood? Do you think like a twenty degree angle, forty degree angle? You know what I mean? Like I where they could hit and go through and pass. I just think a fixed blade's gonna do a whole lot better job. I mean, that's my opinion, but I think I remember. Just that was a Swacker commercial that they did that. Yeah, the Swacker was like forty-five degrees, yeah. really tight, but it made sense because it hits and then it goes through, then it opens. So uh, we could test that though. I mean, I also want to test this mesh idea that Tim came up with. He wanted to test them shooting through meshes. Uh, on ground blinds, which is, Brian just got a really nice ground blind that's got an awesome mesh uh, that goes around it. It's basically all open. You're inside of it, and you can, it's all mesh. So, pretty sweet. I mean, it's a Cabela's brand, but I doubt Cabela's actually makes it. So I do need to figure out who actually makes that blind. You know, the more and more I was sitting in that one blind uh, this morning, the more I thought it would be pretty, be for sure possible to be able to shoot right through it, you know? I don't know, it's just as thin, you can see the deer still could probably see in, but not as much if it was wide open, and I don't know, it, it, it's, that's what it's designed for, so I, I felt pretty confident if something came in, I probably would, would have tried it, you know? With the fixed blade. Right, and that's what I was using was yeah. a fixed blade, yeah. yeah. 
I'd be curious what the pressure is though. Like like the Dead Ringer broadhead has that plastic thing on it. And I would be curious if it actually would blow through that mesh before it even opened and then hit the subject. I don't know if the mesh would be enough to open it as well as getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, I think it's it's put some it stopped that arrow out of a regular bow. I think. Not it wouldn't stop it totally, but I'm kinda curious, like I kinda wanna test it tomorrow. I kinda like think about just testing it while I'm out there. You should test yours. It's easy. It's got so much mesh. It's like it's simple. Just take a target out there when we go pick you up and put it. Be so fast. I wonder how you I'm patch it. I'm gonna test it tomorrow when I shoot a 140. Oh! Uh, <laughs> so I like yeah, to hear, baby. Shoot right through that mesh. So are you, are you going in the stand tomorrow? Or are you going in a blind? You know what? I don't know. I'm still up in the air. I might try that new. I know it's supposed to rain, so I know we're gonna probably be be subjected to the yeah. ground blinds so I, I don't want to go to a ground blind if the day is if it's the weather's still good but I don't know I'm still just kind of weird feeling it might not be a bad spot because uh, it's right on the edge and it might catch the deer coming from 5 over to 4 and uh, I don't know you can just picture a big buck coming across and coming down that side you know I was telling him I think he should consider checking out 5 and we have been over there in zone 5 like an area so what we're talking about is our the land we lease. We broke it up into zones one through five. That way we had an idea of you know what we're talking about. What we're talking about it makes it a little easier. It's not a bad idea for yourself if you guys got land out there. Yeah, a lot of thought process going on here. So anyway, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode of Boner Planet uh, podcast. Thanks for tuning in on this live at the Hunt Camp. Um, episode and uh, we'll try to do a couple more of these before we go we're still here we got another three days of this so we're hoping that uh, we're not too tired on the next couple ones but uh, hopefully we'll try to do them around lunchtime instead where we're a little more uh, upbeat and ready to go so sorry for boring you guys but uh, we still love you so <laughs> have a great night have a great night and uh, see you later Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.